Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Hey, uh, you know how they say work with your strengths and, and delegate your weaknesses? I know what my strengths are and I know what my, what my weaknesses are. Strength of mine is not patience. I've got a lot more patience than your lead pastor, but a strength of mine is not patience. I've probably got triple the patience of him, but anyway, that's a whole different league. I I don't have a whole lot of patience. So when it comes to teaching my kids how to drive, I delegated that to a driving instructor and my wife. I'm like, that is not worth the relational equity I will lose teaching my kids how to drive. I did one driving lesson, almost caused me to lose faith in my kids and Jesus, so I delegated the whole thing. So what I did was I bought five driving lessons and once they had a baseline, delegated the rest of it to Amanda, who's my wife, and and we were good. But what I did with one of my children is I sat in the back for when they took their test. And I sat in the back and they said, hey, dad, would you come and sit in the back with me? I'd just be more confident if you were. I'm like, no problem at all. So we turn up to where you take the test and and the testing guy says to me, hey, there's just one rule. You can't say a word. I'm sitting in the back and this turkey takes my child down the skinniest street you could find. And I'm like, "Mm." and the driving instructor said this, don't focus on the dangers, focus on the destination, be aware of the dangers but focus on the destination. And we've got too many Christians who are focusing on the dangers. They're aware of the destination, but they're focusing on the danger. What what happens if the economy and what happens if COVID and what happens if the wrong prime minister and what happens and how come and what happens if the weather comes? Pray for everyone who didn't come to church this morning because it was a bit rainy. Thank the Lord it wasn't rainy on the day that Jesus went to the cross, but that's a whole nother story. Online, we love you. How many people have we got? What we focus on really, really matters. And I love this Jesus Is series because on Pentecost Sunday, we can focus on the one that the Holy Spirit wants to elevate and His name is Jesus. And wherever you are, whatever's going on, He's got hope, He's got answers, He's got direction. You've got hope in Jesus. And today we're gonna focus on uh, another one of Jesus is, we've had Jesus is the way, the truth and the life with Pastor Tony and, and uh, I think Pastor Ash did a week in there and w- what a phenomenal series that's been. And we're going to focus on another one of the Jesus is's today. And my prayer is it goes from, I know that to, oh, I live that. From, oh yeah, I, I know that that's Jesus to on Monday that makes a difference in my life because I live that. John 10.10 says this. The thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Listen, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. 
The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Anyone thank God that we've got good shepherds here in Life Adelaide who for 28 years haven't run, haven't fleed, have, have faced every adversity. Come on, can we honour Pastor Tony and Kath and thank God for them who haven't scattered because they're not hired in. They're fulfilling a call. He flees. Because he is a hired hand and cares nothing from the sheep. Jesus speaking, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. I lay my life down for the sheep. You know, in this passage, Jesus is drawing a very clear illustration of who he is. And in many different contexts, in fact, Jesus is referred to a shepherd more than anything else in the Bible. When he is likened to something, it's a shepherd more than anything else in the Bible. By the way, we're called sheep as well. And hey, I hate to give you this. That's not a compliment. Sheep are the most dumb creatures on the animal chat. It's not a compliment. No, cute little sheep. No, no, no. Sheep need a shepherd for a reason. But I wonder when you hear the word shepherd, what do you think of? Because the picture that comes to mind is really important. When you think about shepherd, if you think about some guy in the Adelaide Hills with short shorts and gumboots on and, 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 and just get, walks outside and yells at the sheep and drinking some whatever out there and he just, he's just gruff. And if you think shepherd, that, that's not what Jesus is describing here. And I think we have got to take what Jesus said 2,000 years ago and make it applicable for today because Jesus isn't walking around in short stubbies and gumboots boots yelling at us. He is the good shepherd. So what do you think about when you hear the word shepherd? Amanda and I lived in America for seven years. We moved there in the winter and when it came summer, I realized that I had forgotten a very crucial piece of summer attire. So I'm walking around the office. I've got a good mate of mine and I said, hey man, where do I buy some thongs? He's like, I'm like, you know, it's summertime, man. Like, I've, I've only got, I've, I need some stuff that my feet can breathe. And he's like, I'm like, yeah, you know, like thongs. He's like, really? You want thongs? I'm like, yeah, dude, I need a pair of thongs. He's, for those of you who don't know, in America, thongs are not things you wear on your feet. Thongs are a form of underwear of the skimpiest kind. And I think my mate thinks in pictures and he's like, you don't need thongs, dude. You. I wonder what you think of when you think of Good Shepherd. Because I believe today he wants to be your good shepherd. And I believe today he wants to reveal himself to you as your, not the good, your good shepherd that will make a difference in the way you do life. And I, and I believe the good shepherd wants to help us with the battles and the struggles of our life that we face, especially when it comes to fear in your life. And I believe that in a room like this, there'd be at least one person who struggles with fear. Just one. And if you're that person, I'm here for you today to let you know your good shepherd is with you and is for you. You know, fear comes in a lot of shapes and sizes. Fear comes in the form of stress. Anyone ever been stressed? No one. This message is going to hit the mark. I know it. Worry. Panic. Anxiety. And the granddaddy of them all, depression. And we've all had to deal with one or multiple of these at times. And I believe that the giant of fear 
has its foot on the neck of our generation. And the good shepherd wants to come and break fear off people's lives. You might say, well, why would you make such a statement like the giant of fear? Because 365 times in the Bible, God says, fear not. And if God believes we've got a propensity to be afraid, if God's opinion is left to our own devices, we're going to be anxious, then so many times in Scripture, He talks about anxiety. Can I tell you, anxiety is not a new thing. It's been highlighted in our culture and it's been highlighted in our day. But the Bible speaks to anxiety. It's not a new thing. God has answers for anxiety. And the reason it's been highlighted in our day is because of the screens we have in our pocket that sit by our bedside table so that you... When you wake up at two o'clock in the morning, worried about that exam, young person, worried about your marriage, worried about your finances, we look and we grab the screen to try and get comfort. And can I tell you from experience, very little comfort is waiting for you on the other side of that screen. What will happen is one of two things. Either you'll read more bad news and get more depressed. Or you'll see your mate on the Gold Coast having the holiday of his lifetime. And you'll secretly pray that a storm comes in from the islands and destroys the Gold Coast so their holiday is ruined. There's very little comfort. Do you know that King David was a man that knew what it was to deal with worry? King David was a man's man. He was a fighter. He was a shepherd. He was a musician. He was the head of an army. He was a king. He knew what it was to live in a place where he had worry and anxiety. He knew what it was to have those closest to him turn their backs on him. He knew what it was to be facing insurmountable odds. He knew what it was to be in the midst of a cave where he could have taken matters into his own hands and no one would have known about it. But he looked to his good shepherd. And King David wrote a psalm that I believe is a promise for us today. That in this psalm, it's not just nice words and grandma loves this psalm. This psalm is one of the, the most popular psalm in all of humanity. And it's read at a lot of funerals. And if you go to grandma's house, she may even have a cross stitched on a pillow that sits on her thing. But this is more than grandma likes this psalm. This is gritty and it has guts and it's got promise. And it's got, a, it's got an inheritance for you and I that I believe if we would embrace this psalm, it could change your life and save your life. And you might like, yeah, you're, you're pretty passionate about that. Yeah, I am. Because this psalm changed my life and saved my life where I discovered He is my good shepherd. And we're going to read Psalm 23. And when Jesus in John 10 refers to Himself as the good shepherd, He was referring to Psalm 23 that was written hundreds of years before. Every person in the Jewish audience knew when he said, I'm the good shepherd, they would have gone, Psalm 23, he's that guy. The one that David just wrote about, he's that guy. The one that we learned about him before Bar Mitzvah, he's that guy. The one that I have to quote, he's that guy. He is Psalm 23. He is saying, I am the one that David wrote about and there is a promise for you in here if you would make him your good shepherd. Not the good shepherd. And Psalm 23 says this. The Lord is my shepherd. And I believe today. It's a significant day for a lot of people in church. Because you're going to make the decision. He is my good shepherd. 
The Lord is my good shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me. That's where we lose a lot of people. I'm out. No one makes me do anything. I'm out. I, there's no way. Listen, if you're, good, if you're going to make him your good shepherd, he's going to make you do a few things. But look at what he makes you do. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the very presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm here to tell someone this morning, you may be in darkness and it may be hard right now, but you're gonna get through. Your good shepherd doesn't shove you into this valley of the shadow of death, doesn't watch you in the, shallow, in the valley of the shadow of death. He is with you in the valley of the shadow of death. You are gonna get through. You're gonna come to the other side. It may be tough and it may be hard, but your good shepherd is is with you. And if you come to church just to hear, this isn't the end of your story. It's part of your story. You're going to get through to the other side. Because even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, here's what happens when you make him your good shepherd. Number one, we have a good shepherd. We need to listen for his voice. We need to listen for his voice. My sheep, John 10 down in verse 27 says this, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my Father has given them to me. He is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from my Father's hand. You may feel snatched, but you're not snatched. A doctor's report hasn't snatched you. A bank balance hasn't snatched you. It's the valley of the shadow. And he is with you. And in those times, the greatest thing we can do is we can listen for his voice. My sheep know my voice. I have a friend of mine who is a Messianic Jew. And I called him when I was writing this message and I said, man, talk to me about shepherds in, in, in the day that David would write it. He's like, Scott, it's fascinating. A shepherd would have 1,000 to 1,500 sheep. And they would lead the sheep, not, not drive the sheep, lead the sheep. And in the heat of the day, they would find a watering hole and the shepherd would go to the watering hole and let the sheep drink. And there would be 10 to 15 other shepherds at that watering hole. That means there is 15 to 20,000 sheep. Back off, New Zealanders. They've got more over there. <laughs> Fifteen to 20,000 sheep. The shepherds would then sit around and do what they do. I don't know, have iced tea and, hey, Bob, how's the wife? What, doing well? How's the Renault going? The Renault's going well. Can't get jib. Building prices are high. Gas prices are horrible. That's why I'm walking. Don't have the four by four. That's what's going on. Like they just sit around and chat. And after they've been there for an hour or so, 
One shepherd would be like, oh, time to, time to get out of here. The wife's looking for me to be home for dinner. So he gets up and makes one sound. I don't know what that sound was. It's, it's definitely not Middle Eastern, but anyway. <laughs> but the shepherd would get up and make one sound in the midst of 20,000 other sheep and 10 other shepherds. He'd make one sound and his 1,500 sheep would follow him. Friend, look at me. In the midst of all the noise of today, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of rebuild, in the midst of family who don't understand what you're doing, in the midst of, well, I've given my life to Jesus and no one in my world really knows what I'm doing, in the midst of social media, in the midst of information coming at us all the time, do you know your shepherd's voice? Because he is calling to say, this is the way, this is how we're gonna get through. This is the path I've got for you. If you would listen to him, how do I get to know his voice? Listen. Here's how it looks. To me, there are times in my week, if you looked at my schedule, there are times in my week where literally it says nothing. Someone says, hey, can, what do you got on there? I've got nothing on. Well, let's do that. No, 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 I've got nothing. Like, I'm nothing. I can't fill it. Because I'm going to go and find, for me, somewhere outdoors. It's a beach, it's a bush, it's something. And I'm just going to listen for my shepherd's voice. Does he speak audibly? No. When you get a preacher come up here and says, God spoke to me, oftentimes they're not here referring to the audible voice of God. They're referring to a nudge, a prompt. Uh, that's what, so don't be looking for the audible voice of God. Now, if it happens, awesome. But in my experience, it's a nudge. It's a thought. It's a, oftentimes my shepherd's voice, funnily enough, hears like, sounds like either Pastor Paul or my wife Amanda because they know me the best. And sometimes when they speak, I'll be like, man, that's God speaking to me right now. My sheep know my voice. You know the greatest thing you can do in the time and the day and the age we listen, we're living in is figure out how you hear the shepherd's voice. Because he wants to speak to you. He has got something to say specific for your set of circumstances. Because my Shepherd speaks. So number one, I've got to listen for his voice. Number two, I've got to trust his nudge. The Bible says this, that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, every shepherd would have a staff like this. He would have a staff in one hand and a rod in the other hand. The staff is for the sheep. And here's what, here's what the staff is for. The staff is if the sheep gets a little bit off the path, they would just tap it. Hey, no, no, not that way. No, no, no. Your shepherd loves you enough. Hey, 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 don't think like that. Three weeks ago, I felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me to delete social media. That was a nudge. You know why? Because it was like junk food for my soul. And every time I needed to escape reality, I found myself scrolling on social media. I felt like, just delete it. Can I tell you, how do I know it's the Holy Spirit? Because now, three weeks later, and seeing the benefit of having done it, I know it was a prompt for it. No, 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 that's not for you in this season. This part here is if a sheep got stuck in the mud 
He'll be able to put it around a leg or a neck and pull it out of the mud. Listen, if you're stuck, your shepherd has the answer for you. You don't have to get yourself unstuck. Your shepherd loves you enough to get you unstuck. Yeah, but I'm stuck financially. Listen to your shepherd. Yeah, but my marriage feels stuck. Listen to your shepherd. But my internal world feels stuck. Listen to your shepherd and he will help get you unstuck and move you forward. How do I do? Just trust his nudge. But what does his nudge look like? Maybe you need to join a group. Maybe you need to join a team. Maybe you need to come down the front and ask someone to pray for you. Maybe there is secrets in your world you've told no one about and you want to tell someone. That is a nudge from the Holy Spirit. Why? So He can beat you? No. So He can go, not this way, not this way and help you get victory and unstuck and move forward into the things that He has for you. He is your good shepherd. Trust His nudge. And I reckon there's people in church and you've had a nudge from God and you've ignored it. And your breakthrough is activating the nudge. Do you know that Life Adelaide and Life New Zealand exist because someone responded to a nudge? Pastor Tony and Kath were telling me the story of when they started the church. It was a nudge. Pastor Paul and Marie, it was a nudge. And that's not for a pastor, that's for anyone who trusts in the good shepherd. Ben, come on back and join me. Listen for his voice. Trust his nudge. And number three, rely on his protection. Do you know that in one hand, the shepherd had a staff and in the other hand, he had a rod. The rod is not for the sheep. The rod is for the enemy. The rod is not for punishing the sheep. The rod is for protecting the sheep. And if you look at God as someone who wants to punish you, you need a fresh revelation of your good shepherd because he wants to lead you and he wants to protect you. You've got to trust in the protection of your good shepherd. You may not see it. You may not have evidence of it, but you can know without a shadow of a doubt that the, the uh, King David, who wrote Psalm 23, said, When I was a shepherd, a lion came and stole one of the sheep. I went after it. I opened the sheep's mouth, uh, the lion's mouth. I got the sheep out and I struck the lion and killed it. Listen, your good shepherd is after your enemy. Your good shepherd is for you. You can trust in the protection of your good shepherd. Do you know, whenever we see Jesus, He's got beautiful hair. Got a perfectly shaped beard. Probably has the same barber as my man down here. He's got a robe that is white and pressed. How in heaven's name that happens in the Middle East when you're in the desert, I don't know. And he looks so nice. Listen, he's fierce. And he's got your back. He's for you. He's fighting on your behalf. He's got your back. That's nice preacher talk. No, no, no. It's right there in the text. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And if you read the book of Exodus, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, the Bible says that it was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But when their enemy was behind them, the pillar of fire went round. Went behind them. So that when they got through the Red Sea, 
Their enemy had nowhere else to go but into that sea. And then God lifted the walls of the sea and destroyed the enemy. God has got a plan to protect you against your enemy. You can trust Him. You can lean into Him. He's got a rod and a staff. He's your good shepherd. Would you stand to your feet all over this building? We're going to pray for some people. And if you want to make a decision, I want in on those promises. Listen to the promises. Refreshing, guidance, no fear of evil, rest, comfort, fear broken. I'm believing today that people who have struggled with mental health for years, you're going to get a revelation that you're not alone and you're not weird and The church for many years hasn't dealt with this area well. And for that, I apologize. But today, if you struggle with mental health, you are not weird and you're out on your own. You have a good shepherd who wants to walk with you and speak to you and bring freedom and bring hope and bring a sense of a brighter tomorrow. Not a dark cloud, but a widening horizon in front of you because He is for you. February of this year, our senior pastor, our founding pastor, Pastor Paul was in brain surgery. I don't know if you've ever heard Pastor Marie talk about it. I don't know if that message has got here. But while he was in brain surgery, she was in her room, laying on her bed with worship. And to her confession, she has never been more peaceful and confident in her life. Her husband is on a table with his head open and someone messing around in his brain. And she's peaceful. Why? Because of her good shepherd. And today, if you need to make a decision, I don't want to be my good shepherd anymore. I want him to be my good shepherd. And I'd love for the ministry team just to step out now. Just come and step out. Come and stand down the front. And today, we want to pray for you. We want to stand with you. If you are bound by fear, if you are stuck, if you need the voice of the nudge of your good shepherd to know what to do next, then in this moment, I believe God wants to speak. God wants to nudge and He wants to let you know He is protecting you and He is for you. He's got your back. You don't have to live cowering in fear, but you can walk out with your head held high, knowing your good shepherd is on your side and He is with you. He loves you. He is for you. Before we pray, I want to ask any person, if you've never surrendered your life to the Good Shepherd, then would you surrender your life to Him today? King David knew what it was to stuff up. On his list of mess ups was adultery and murder. So I don't know what yours are, but you're okay. Because what he did in those moments where he was face to face with his shortcomings was he didn't run from his good shepherd. He ran to his good shepherd who wanted to forgive him and wanted to wipe the slate clean and walk with him into his future. So if you don't know God for yourself, you've never opened your heart and said, God, I need a relationship with you. I want you to be my good shepherd. I want you to be in my life. I want to know what it is to be forgiven of my past and have a hope for the future. If you don't know God for yourself, then with every head bowed and every eye closed, our 
church exists, this church has existed for 28 years, 29 years for people to discover Him as their Good Shepherd, to find hope and comfort and forgiveness in Him. And if that's you, you say, Scott, include me in a prayer today. Pray with me and pray for me that today I would discover Him as Good Shepherd. I would know what it is to be forgiven of my past, have a hope for the future. If that's you, would you just begin to raise your hand all over the building just so I know who I'm praying for. Once I've seen it, you can put it down and right where you're standing, I'm going to pray for you and believe God for the greatest miracle of all time. God bless you. God bless you over here. Anyone else say, yeah, that's me. Include me in a prayer. God bless you up the back there. I'd love to pray for you. Friend, He loves you and He's for you. Anyone else? Just shoot your hand up. I'd love to pray for you. God bless you, man. Fantastic. We're going to pray a prayer. We're all going to pray it together, especially those of you who lifted your hand. Would you repeat this after me? Say, Father, today I open my life. I thank You that You love me, that You're for me, that You have a plan and a purpose for my life. Jesus, I need a good shepherd and I choose You to be my good shepherd, to be my Lord, to be my Saviour. Help me to discover how to have a relationship with You. From this moment on, I am a Christian in Jesus' Name. Now for the last few minutes we've got left, we're going to pray for people. That You would walk out of here with a stake in the ground of He is my Good Shepherd. That I'm going to listen for His nudge. I'm going to listen for His voice. And I can rely on His protection. If you want prayer, as the team leads us, step out of your seat. Come on down the front. We want to pray with you. We want to declare His goodness and His grace over you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.